Hello everyone and welcome to Not So Secular, the place where we talk about how the world we live in is not as secular as we often think. We just choose to see it that way. My name is Juan Reyes, I'm a youth missionary here in the Philippines and I will be your host here today. On this episode, we'll talk about freedom and limits, but not in the way we commonly associate the two. Because when we think about it, oftentimes, we think that more freedom means less limits, and more limits means less freedom. But is that really the case, though? That's what we'll find out. All that and more coming right up. Now, the reason why we discuss topics such as these is because I believe that our faith should inform the way that we live, and that there is value in exploring perspectives and principles that are informed by the Christian faith, because it's not always aligned with how the world defines these things. Last week, we talked about being confused with love. And that's the thing, the way the world defines love is not exactly the way the Christian worldview defines love. And I think it's the same thing, or it's at least a similar thing when we talk about freedom. The way the world looks at freedom is not exactly the same as how Christians ought to look at freedom. And because of that, we arrive at different results. We arrive at sometimes even painful results. And what I'd like to discuss with you, at least in the short time, the few minutes that we'll be sharing here today, is that limits actually come with freedom. And freedom come with limits. What do I mean by that? <laughs> Let me start with a story. When I was in first year college, um, when I was about to start my first year college, I studied in Intramuros. I studied in Mapua. I used to study in a really small school in Malabon. And during that time, our graduating class were just two sections of around 25 students each. It was really small. And it was easy to make a name for yourself in that school. It was easy to draw attention to yourself. And during that time, I knew that I was smart. During that time, I was confident that I knew how to work my way around presentations and examinations and everything that I had to do when it comes to academics. I was the kind of student who would represent the school in inter-school competitions. I was the kind of student who would represent the section in the competitions that we had within the school, quiz bees and all of that sort of thing. And because I was, I was cocky and because I was arrogant, I was complacent as well. I did not develop the proper study habits. I did not develop the right um, ways of, of, of handling myself when it comes to my studies because I would always pass with minimum effort. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to brag here. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you how it was. And, and I'll, I'll show you why this is important because by the time that I entered into college, it was a completely different world. By the time I entered into college, since I did not develop the right habits, since I did not develop the right practices for me to be able to handle myself properly in school, I ended up failing a lot of my classes. I was given freedom. Suddenly, I was no longer just in Malabon. I was in Manila. I was in Intramuros. And, and because of that, I had freedom. I could go in all sorts of places. When my friends would invite me to go do this and go do that, I was free to say yes. And 
since I was more in control of what classes I take and what schedule I choose, I could choose to have bigger breaks, longer breaks, and I would not use that well. Instead of using it productively, I would go to the computer shop, I would play League of Legends, I would play Dota. That was my life during that time. That was, what, 10 years ago? And it was crazy. I was so undisciplined. And the freedom that I had during that time did not help me at all. I ended up failing in basic algebra. I ended up failing in what? English too. I ended up failing in one of my drawing classes. I, I didn't even take seriously my choice of program, my choice of course. It was that bad. And it was inconsistent as well because I passed trigonometry. I passed psych, which was a minor, minor course during that time. It was inconsistent and it was, I was all over the place because I was given freedom that I could not handle. Now, contrast that with what happened the year after because, because I was failing so much, I had to stop school. I decided to stop school for a while and it was during that intermediate period when I was first introduced to the youth ministry when I first started taking my faith more seriously and being part of a community, it really helped me shape the way I looked at the world. And granted, I was still immature in a lot of ways during that time because I was still starting, but at least the year after, I decided that it was about time that I went back to school. And when I went back to school, I was studying in a different university this time, I was more determined. I was more committed that I wanted to graduate on time. I wanted to finish this program as soon as I could. I ended up taking a, a program, a degree in engineering, which shows that I still didn't know what I wanted during that time because I'm not at all practicing my degree in engineering. And now, I'm not practicing it now. And But at least I had a sense of commitment. At least during that time, I knew what I wanted. I had a goal that I was aiming for and I was willing to make certain sacrifices to get there. I didn't always do it well. I didn't always do it right. But at least it was better than the first time around. Those were two completely different experiences when it comes to my schooling. And the difference between the two, I was given freedom in both. I was away from home. The first time I was living in Malabon, the second time I was living in Laguna. Both times I'm studying in Manila. I had to travel from one place to another. I wasn't supervised as much um, by older people, by my parents, but not in a constricting way. They, they gave me the necessary freedom for me to be able to explore and learn my way around things. But the difference was with how I used that freedom. Because my behavior, my approach when it comes to using that freedom, the same freedom could either be helpful or harmful to me depending on the kind of limits that I place upon myself. There is one thing that stands in between freedom and limits for it to work together and that thing is called discipline. That was what was different. Because of that, a certain amount of discipline. Now, again, it's not perfect discipline because I would still fool around the second time around. But because I, at least I had a greater sense of what I wanted to do and how what it takes for me to get there, I was able to go through the second time I went to college. I finished my program on time as a regular student. And it was crazy because when we, when we started, we had five sections. Oh, sorry. We had around 
I think seven sections of around 40 students each. And by the time we graduated, my commitment for myself was I wanted to stay as a regular student because it's just way more convenient to stay as a regular student. But by the time we graduated from seven sections of 40 students, we only had 17 regular students. There, there weren't just 17 who graduated because we had with us irregular students, but there were just 17 who were regular during that time. And it's crazy. It's crazy. God, I could really say that God brought me through it. But again, going back to what I said about discipline, discipline is part of what it takes for freedom and limits to work together. We think that discipline stands in the way of freedom or that limits stand in the way of freedom, but it actually doesn't. Because it's easy to think this way. It's easy to think that, how can I do what I want to do when I'm stuck with what I have to do? But oftentimes, oftentimes, if we only did what we had to do well, then we will become more free to do what we want to do. Part of that is not so much that discipline is bad, but that it is misunderstood and misapplied if it's applied at all. Freedom and limits, these two things can work together. Here's another analogy that you could think about. You could think about playing an instrument, playing the piano. Um, if you if you want to learn how to play the piano well, I also took keys, piano lessons when I was younger. I didn't practice it. That's why I didn't get good. But if you are someone who knows how to play the piano well, or if you want to be someone who knows how to play the piano well, what you have to do is put in the time to practice. What you have to do is you have to learn how to read the notes and how to how to press the keys right. You have to train your fingers. Even your posture has to be managed. And you have to take classes and you have to dedicate a certain amount of time for you to practice every day. Maybe what that means is you have to say no to other things, other things that could be fun, other things that maybe your other friends are doing and they're just free to do, free quote-unquote, but because you are dedicating yourself to this one thing, you're not as free to do all those sorts of things. But as you get better, you learn how to play the piano in a way that most other people can't. The way that you become free to play the piano is by limiting yourself in all of these other ways. Because anyone, anyone can sit in front of the piano and play random keys, but it wouldn't produce beautiful music. It would just produce noise. The difference between someone who is practiced, someone who is an expert in playing an instrument, is that that person has dedicated a certain amount of time, a certain amount of commitment and effort, and said no to a lot of other things, limited himself, herself, in a lot of other ways so that they could then freely play this instrument in a way that no one else can, or at least very few other people can. Are you hearing me? The same principle applies with working out. When you want to exercise, if you want to get healthy, you could say that the freest person is the person who could just eat Cheetos all day, you could just eat ice cream all day. Yes, I guess, if you define freedom in a certain way, but if you want to get healthy, you have to limit yourself. You have to eat right. You have to, you have to endure the pain of your muscle sores as you, as you lift heavier weights and as you run, as you practice your cardio. You have to dedicate yourself. When you limit yourself in certain ways, you become more free 
in other ways. Limits and freedom are not opposites. They don't have to be. They don't have to be. Here's the problem, though. The problem is that the postmodern world confuses freedom with licentiousness. We think that what freedom means is being able to do anything and everything that I want to do anytime and anywhere I want. That's why we think of it as the opposite of limits or the opposite of discipline. Because we think that for us to be free, there should be less limits, that there should be no limits. And by then, we will become more free. But like I said, who is more free to play the piano? The guy who has done nothing to practice at all, who has not limited himself in any way for him to get better, or the person who has limited himself, herself, in all of these different ways so that he could practice and actually improve and actually know what he is doing. Which of the two is more free to play the piano well? It's the second person. The postmodern world thinks that being free means that no one should be able to stop me from doing what I want. We hear this. We hear this in the form of, of people saying, don't tell me what to do. Or my body, my choice. Some people even think that everything is a social construct and that everything could be remade at our whim. But that's not how it works. The problem there is that what we want is not always what is good for us. Freedom is important, but with freedom comes responsibility. We talk about my body, my choice. How come no one talks about my body, my responsibility? You are called for more than just to be able to do whatever, whenever, and wherever. You are called for a purpose because you are, you are part of how God is moving in this world. When God created the heavens and the earth, created the first people, filled up his creation, he gave Adam and Eve commands. You are free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you shall not eat from this tree. When God rescued his people from slavery in Egypt, when he set them free, sent Moses to, to redeem them, what happened afterward? What happened afterward is they went straight to Mount Sinai and they received what? The law. Freedom and limits. It works together. The people of Israel had to learn what it was like to live as the people of Israel, what it was like to represent God, it wasn't just anything and everything available at every time. You have to limit yourself in certain ways so that you could pursue what is good, pursue what is right. And that is where the main difference between how the world defines freedom and how Christianity defines freedom, that is where it comes in. Because the way the world defines freedom is anything and everything at every time. But the way Christianity defines freedom is not just the ability to do whatever you want. It's the capacity to do what you were supposed to do, what you were made to do, what you ought to do. With greater freedom comes greater discipline. And with greater discipline comes greater freedom. This applies to us individually, but it also applies to us corporately, as a community, as a society. And a good analogy to that would be driving a car. If you've experienced driving in a highway, driving at high speeds, you know 
that the only thing that's separating you from the car on your left and the car on your right are those white lines that are drawn upon the ground. Nothing else. Those white lines are indicators that you should stay in your lane and that when you would move to a different lane, you should signal. That's why it's so upsetting when people move out of their lanes without signaling. It just, it, it disorients you because they're not following the limits, the proper limits, which is you're supposed to stay in your lane and when you're supposed to move, you signal. Right? The only way that we can drive that fast from one city to another is by following these, these, these society imposed limits, which are represented by lines on the ground. You know what's difficult? It's difficult to drive in a big road, in a wide road with no lines. It's difficult because you don't know when the next, when the car next to you is going to turn. You, you just, it's difficult to, to, you see this in Antipolo. <laughs> if you if you go to Antipolo, there are certain parts which I think are not painted yet, at least during this time that I'm recording this. So they're not painted yet with those white lines. And when you're when I am driving there, it just I have to be more cautious. I have to make sure that the person that that, that person who's driving the car um, on the other side of the road will not hit me uh, if we stay on our lane, quote unquote. But we don't see the lane. There are less limits and because there are less limits you have to be more cautious you can't you're not as free to move as much but if the limits are clear then you can go high speed if the limits are clear then you can go to SETEX. you can go to subic quicker if, if if the limits are clear then you can drive more safely limits should not stand in the way of freedom proper limits actually helps freedom and healthy freedom comes with proper limits In the Catechism, paragraph 1740, it says, The exercise of freedom does not imply a right to say or do everything. It is false to maintain that man, the subject of his freedom, is an individual who is fully self-sufficient and whose finality is the satisfaction of his own interests in the enjoyment of earthly goods. In paragraph 1733, it says, the more one does what is good, the freer one becomes. There is no true freedom except in the service of what is good and just. The choice to disobey and to do evil is an abuse of freedom and leads to slavery of sin. That is so beautifully put. The more one does what is good, the freer one becomes. And the thing about doing what is good is that part of doing what is good is that you have to say no to what is bad. If you want to say yes to good, you have to say no to bad. And that's the thing, right? You can't say yes to everything. You just can't. Kids are often told that you can be whatever you want. And I guess there's some truth into that, right? You want them to dream. You want them to hope. We want them to aspire. But I think we also have to model to them and show them that, yes, you can be anything you want, but you can't be everything at the same time. You have to choose. For you to say yes to some things, you have to say no to other things. For you to say yes to the good, you have to say no to the bad. If For you to say yes to the better, sometimes you even have to say no to the good. So the question I want to ask here is, are you actively saying yes to the right things? 
or have you fallen into doing the wrong things by default? Limits aren't always bad. Limits don't always get in the way of freedom. And yes, in the same way that freedom can be abused, limits can also be abused. But the two are supposed to work with each other and we're supposed to we're supposed to navigate our way through that. I think I think we're more preoccupied with the idea of freedom and not enough with the idea of limits, of discipline, and of responsibility. But we have to be aware of these things. We just have to. Because we can't say yes to everything. And if we try to say yes to everything, it's going to tear us apart. For us to become more free to pursue the right things, then we have to say no to the wrong ones. We are made for greater. Even Jesus talks about commandments. One of his most popular bodies of teachings is the Sermon on the Mount in which he talks about the law. He talks about how he fulfills the law. You have heard it said, but I say to you. That's what he says over and over in the Sermon on the Mount. In the Last Supper discourse, he talks about the new commandment. A new commandment I give to you. Love one another. You see how even the commandments are not opposed to love. It's not opposed to the, to what God wants for us. And for what God wants for us is to be truly free. And if you think about it, if all you do is follow your feelings, follow your passions, follow what you think is right, then you become a slave to that as well. You're not truly free. You become a slave to your own desires. And your desires will not always lead you right. And so we need to be mindful of these things. We need to be aware. In Ben Sira or Syrac, as other translations would put it. Syrac chapter 15, verses 11 to 17, it says, Do not say it was God's doing that I fell away, for what he hates he does not do. Do not say he himself has led me astray, for he has no need of the wicked. Abominable wickedness the Lord hates, and he does not let it happen to those who fear him. God in the beginning created human beings, and made them subject to their own free choice. If you choose, you can keep the commandments. Loyalty is doing the will of God. Set before you are fire and water. To whatever you choose, stretch out your hand. Before everyone are life and death. Whichever they choose will be given them. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, For freedom Christ set us free, so stand firm. And do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. You are made for so much more than cheap pleasure. You are made for so much more than being a slave to your own desires, to your own unformed, unshaped desires. And I'm speaking to myself as well here. We are called to be disciples. And if you'll notice, the word disciple is close to discipline. That's because it shares the same root. It means to learn in Latin. Dishere. To learn. A disciple is a learner. Being a disciple, a learner, means that we have a teacher. That's one of the titles that Jesus has. 
he is often referred to by people as rabbi. Part of being a disciple of Jesus is to grow in discipline toward his ways. And if we want to be free, truly free, then we have to limit ourselves in other ways. This is where the teachings of the church, such as modesty and chastity and purity, it falls into this. Because we want people, we want everyone to be free. Free to fully love. Free to fully give of themselves. Free to fully express themselves. But freedom is not the same as licentiousness. Freedom is not the same as just what the heck, as just do anything and everything we want. That's not freedom. That's not freedom. Freedom means pursuing what is good. What is truly good and not just a counterfeit version of what is good, which is what the world offers most of the time. I hope this serves as a good reminder or clarification. This is something that we need to identify, especially now that our culture is so big on freedom, so big on rights. And that is good. That's good. But that's just one side of the picture. The other side is discipline. The other side is limits. The other side is not just rights, but responsibility. And we need to, we need to get better at that. To close, I want to tell you that the people of God, Israel, they weren't always faithful as well. They weren't always good representatives of God. They weren't always successful in sticking to their commitments and in doing what they were supposed to do. In the New Testament, when Jesus arrived in the scene, they were captives in their own land. Just like we were captives in our own land during the time of the Spaniards. We were living in the Philippines, but we're not free. This brought about years of division, years of idolatry. They started worshiping other gods, unfaithfulness, and that brought about their fall. They were even exiled for a time. God handed them over, allowed them to experience the consequences of their own wrongdoing. What am I trying to say? Discipline is good, but sheer discipline will not save you. And the good news is that the story doesn't end there. In God's goodness, he decided to send his only son to renew the promise and the partnership that his people had not lived up to. And because of that, we are given a new freedom, a new life, as scripture says. And with that comes a new partnership as well. Ezekiel 36 says, I will take you away from among the nations, gather you from all the lands, and bring you back to your own soil. I will sprinkle clean water over you to make you clean from all your impurities and from all your idols I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you so that you walk in my statutes, observe my ordinances, and keep them. You will live in the land that I gave your ancestors. You will be my people, and I will be your God. This is an ongoing journey that we have here. We are not just freed from the bad. We are freed for the good. Both 
of those things come from God. Being freed from and being freed for. And we need to participate in both. Not just be stuck in being freed from. And the idea of being freed from, that that's all we focus on, that's all we talk about and think about and want and desire. But to actually identify what we are being freed for. That we have a purpose. That we are being sent and that there are greater things than just what we came from. This is what it means to be a disciple. To find freedom. To have to limit ourselves in certain ways so that we could be free to pursue what is good. That is it for today, guys. Thank you very much for listening all the way until the end. I hope this was helpful for you. If it was, share it with someone else. Share it with a friend or a family member whom you think might need uh, a reminder like this or a clarification like this. And uh, just to let you in on something, next week we are going to be on a boot camp that we're having for the missionaries, for the new missionaries in training before we send them off. And so please pray for us keep in touch i have my socials in the description so you could just check that out that's all for us here today and thank you very much see you soon bye